you've seen them on TV. You've heard them online. Now, feel them right in front of you. It's Poker in the Ears, live from the Hippodrome London. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. This is our 100th episode, yes! I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton, that is my... That is my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello, Joseph's babies! And I can't believe they gave us money to do this. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, speaking of giving us money, they gave me $1,050 to play a W Coop. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Look, guys, I got a bracelet. <laughs> not a W Coop bracelet. I did not win one of those, spoiler alert. But we will talk more about that later in the show. As per usual, we've got some poker news to cover. Uh, the fact that James and I are available in yet another form of electronic content. You just can't get enough of our voices. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but we will be, or heard it, we will be talking about it later in the show. We'll be previewing Poker Stars Dublin. A special member of Team Pro will be here on stage. You may have seen him at the drinks beforehand, probably double fisting. He will be up on the stage with us. Uh, speaking of guests, later on in the show, we're gonna have actor, director, poker player, Dexter Fletcher up here on the stage, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you probably know Dexter from Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Band of Brothers. The older members of the audience, press gang, anyone? Yes, thank you. If there's one thing actors love, it's when you bring up their child acting gigs, so I'm glad that There that are so guy... many in Dexter's case. <laughs> um, he also directed Wild Bill, Sunshine on Leith, Eddie the Eagle, really looking forward to chatting to Dexter because he is also a poker player and was a regular on the London circuit for many years. Yeah, and his name's fucking cool as shit. Dexter Fletcher, that's two cool names, right? <laughs> I feel like that's too many cool names. Dexter is fine, Fletcher is fine, but together, that's a powerhouse name. Uh, we've got a live poker event to recap. James and I were here just a couple of days ago playing some live poker, so we will talk about that. Also, we've got voicemails from some of our quote-unquote famous poker friends congratulating us on our 100th episode. Uh, we've got a free roll to tell you about. And uh, we're going to pick one of you to come up here on stage to embarrass me more than I can embarrass myself by whooping my butt in Superfan versus Stapes. And we got a sick prize package for that. We will reveal... The prize package is so big it, would, it wouldn't fit in one bag. We got two bags worth of PokerStar swag, i.e. the stuff we found in the locker at the office. But it's a great package, and one of you is going to come up on stage with a chance to win it. It's a fantastic locker, I'm not going to lie. It's really good. I dip in there every once in a while when I have a date. Uh, also, what else have we got? Uh, James, let's talk about what's on our minds. This is usually where we'd punish you with movie talk, but the two of us haven't had any time to see any <laughs> movies because we've been preparing for this. James, I'm going to let you guys in on something right now. James is actually a little nervous. I'm shitting it. <laughs> He's no, shitting it. Bear in mind that you know, I've, been working in, I've been working in radio since like the mid-90s, but normally I'm in an environment where all I've got to look at is a microphone and your face, which is somehow, and I know this sounds weird. Hold on, let me get this microphone out of the way of my face. Slightly calming, reassuring, <laughs> relaxing. Um, I just, I get very nervous playing to crowds, but everyone's been very friendly so far. So 
I'm starting to calm down a little bit, but yeah. Doing a stage show, not my thing. So if my face is calming, what's it like doing that show with Moneymaker? Does it feel like dying? <laughs> Does it feel like the worst thing that you've ever been a part of? Uh, well, it's not like... Uh, I think the one thing that you should be worried about is that there's no edit button here. Like, what'll go out on the podcast is edited. That's the only scary thing, is who knows what com- might come out of my I mouth. I don't think we have ever had an episode where you haven't just basically pushed the envelope to the point where it's become a bit too wrinkled and we have to get out the iron. In other words, the razor blade. The fucking scissors that cut that shit out. That's why I don't listen to the show that much anymore. I'm like, really? That anecdote about my mom being so attracted to me, she probably wants to have sex with you. You're going to cut that out? Yeah, funny, funny enough. What? You know, stars sometimes get a little bit sensitive about incest jokes. No, it's... So, I don't know, this political correctness, I can't live it's with it. It's gone crazy. It's gone but crazy. But it's not like you're coming up here and doing stand-up. So. That, is, that is very true. But we did talk about... The idea of you opening this live show with, um, was it Fast Five? No, that's, that's, the, that's the Fast and the Furious. A movie. tight five. Is what tight they call five, it. that's it. Tight. So basically you're yeah, going to give I us... Just, it's not, it's, I wanted to do it, but like the microphones aren't really like stand-up microphones. Right? They're not quite... How, how is this not a stand-up microphone? It's a know, microphone it's just, that you're holding your hand. All right, I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> you twisted my arm. First of all, can I get a big round of applause to my co-host, James Hardigan, huh? Can I tell you what my absolute favorite thing is about James Hardigan, if I can, please, is that James does not post any pictures of his kid on social media. I love that. I love that for multiple reasons. One, I don't have to have yet another reminder about how empty my life is, right? That's good. Secondly, 90 to 95% of the time I'm on my computer, my dick is in my hands. So when I'm scrolling through Facebook or Instagram and I'm trying to get off to something normal for a change, like a couple of girls on a night out, and I got to scroll past you giving a bath to fucking Falcon or Precipice or whatever the fuck you people call your kids these days... That really throws me off. I don't really care for that. Uh, it might throw you guys off a little bit. I talked to you some beforehand. I talk to people as much as I can. I love your chop pot hat. Thank you for that. Uh, sometimes it's a little disappointing for you guys when I confess that I don't play that much poker. I really don't play a lot of poker. It's disappointing. Like when you find out that Alec Guinness hated Star Wars or that Jenna Jameson doesn't do anal at home. I know... <laughs> that that is disappointing. I don't want to hear your bad beach stories any more than Hugh Laurie wants to look at a lump on your testicles. <laughs> He's not a real doctor. Do not show him those things. Now, <laughs> I will say that I did, for a certain time, though, go through a phase where I played too much poker, right? We've all had these little weird things where we're like, oh, fuck, I know I'm playing too much poker now. Like when you're out in the street and you see a car license plate, right? That says K-A-T-J-9 and you think, ah, busted straight. (laughs) Too much poker, too much poker in your life when that happens. You wanna scale it down a little bit. When you, uh, you ignore girls, right? You ignore girls when you're really into poker, if you're a guy, excuse me. Uh, If you're into girls, you ignore them. And uh, it's pretty weird when you would rather flop the nuts than bust one. That is something. That is indicative of too much poker playing. I actually went through this thing for a moment where um, 
You know how when you lose, I started like including poker terminology in my real life and people didn't get it. You know how like when you lose a hand, you call a guy down or a girl down with top pair and they go, trips, and you go, trips are good. <laughs> trips are good. I got to the point where I was like including that in my normal life. So I would like go talk to a girl at a bar and buy her seven drinks and she'd finally go, I have a fiance and I'd go, fiance's good. <laughs> Fiance's good. <laughs> People uh, occasionally will call me brave uh, for doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I do not think that doing stand-up comedy is brave. Storing the beaches of Normandy is brave. Uh, being a 9-11 first responder is brave. The bravest thing I do is I let a girl hold my phone when I'm on a date with her. <laughs> Go ahead, now watch that YouTube video. I'm sure I won't get a Tinder message in the middle of it. Oh my God, fucking please. I should have at least turned that off. Uh, in my opinion, the bravest people in the world, by the way, are, and I, I mean no disrespect, but are not police officers, are not soldiers, but the bravest people in the world are drunk white girls. <laughs> A drunk white girl, when her Uber has arrived, will run across nine lanes of traffic as if the laws of space and time do not apply to her. A drunk white girl will pose with any vagrant on the street because the lighting is good for a selfie. <laughs> I was in uh, Nashville, Tennessee recently, and I saw a drunk white girl offer cocaine to a cop. <laughs> that is how brave drunk white girls are. Let me guys, ask you th this question. You're in a bar, right, and shit's going down. Shit's about to go down, and you've got uh, a green beret there and you've got a drunk white girl who thinks the bartender forgot to give her her debit card back. Which one are you gonna choose? I know who I'm choosing every fucking time, and this is why, guys, I think the next time we have a ground war, the next time that we have to send in the troops, we don't send in the Green Berets, we don't send in the SAS, we send in an army of drunk white girls on their birthdays, don't even have to give them Kevlar, just give them a sash that says birthday bitch. <laughs> Arm them with their debit cards and tell them that ISIS is trying to sit at their reserve table. <laughs> they will slice those dudes up like a Sunday brunch check. Stand-up's good. Stand-up's good. You guys have been great, thanks very much. Mr. Joe Stapleton. I did it. I fucking did it. I guess we should probably do some poker content now. Uh, you know what normally comes to the top of the show? It's the poker news. Sing along if you want to. What's, What's going, going on, on in poker, poker today? today? Now, now it is time, time for EPT Live News. We changed the name of the podcast like fucking nine months ago. I knew that. I did, but old habits die hard. Uh, we're going to pick up a little bit of unfinished business from last week. We were talking about the Poker Masters out in Las Vegas, and we said that uh, Stefan Sontheimer, the latest kind of German high roller to have been bred in a lab, looked like he was going to win this thing. And he did win it, so congratulations to Stefan. But here's He's my question. He's not here. You don't have to clap. It's fine. <laughs> Where's the purple jacket? Is there actually no purple jacket? Have well, we seen, has anyone seen it? Every single winner's photo of this guy, it's the usual bullshit. He's sitting at the table with like all of his chips stacked up and his winning hand, smiling awkwardly at the camera. 
Is he wearing the purple jacket? Is he fuck? And it's like, that was the whole thing. It's like when Tiger Woods wins the Masters, they put the bloody jacket on him. Why is he not wearing the jacket? I, I don't have any explanation for this. Was there a, 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 a cost involved? Is purple hard to come by these days? Is it... I mean, I assume it existed because there were, there were like publicity shots of this jacket. But Maybe it's, it's one of those things where they have to give it back. They're like, we're just starting. We're just starting with this purple jacket thing. We're going to need to use this for a few years. But this guy, we mentioned last week, and Fedor tipped him to be like the player of the year back in January. He said this was going to be his breakthrough year. I think we should try to get him on the show. I don't know how he feels about us or how he feels about us, but people, brand. So um, we should at least try. Well, we are beloved, James. So yes, let's try. Okay, we will try that. <laughs> um, so Joe mentioned at the top of the show that uh, there is a new thing that we have done. And, uh, Has that, does anyone know what we're talking about? Has anyone experienced okay. this yet? There is a new video series called Winning Moments. And these are videos that will be sent to you if you have a hashtag winning moment in an online tournament on PokerStars. And I think initially they were sent out to people who had deep runs and made final tables at WCOOPS. But now, any time you like, have a, a big score, I think win like 100x your buy-in, you are going to get sent one of these videos, which basically is like a mini wrap-up of your tournament with some key hands with commentary from me and Joe. It's like an automatically generated thing where it's like, congratulations, you. You've won money in this poker tournament. Well, it's a bit more specific than that. And, uh, well, Joe, I sat in a fucking studio for three days recording all the lines, so I can tell you, it is going to be more specific than that. James spent three days recording this stuff, and two and three quarters of those days was him going, $50,000. $51,000, $52,000. The frightening thing is, that is not a million miles away from the truth. It was like 1,000, over 1,000, nearly 2,000. But here's the thing. So this is the direction, right? It's like, as the sums of money go up, obviously you need to sound more excited. And of course, like, you think, okay, I've got like $10,000. You've won $10,000. And then you look down the page and realize, shit, this goes up to like 10 million. I can't... I can't keep this energy level. Also, when did someone win 10 million on the site? We're, I guess we're really hopeful here. They're planning for the future. But then <laughs> that's the problem. So you get to 500. You won $500,000. So then you start scaling it back for the lower amount. I got to save some. I got to keep some of it in the tank. But then you sound like a dick. Because like someone's won 5K. <laughs> We'd all love to win 5K in a poker game. And you're going, you've won $5,000. <laughs> big deal. What on you? You want a couple of grand. I don't know. And then when it gets to the end of it, oh, and now we need to do it in euros. <laughs> Wait, why can't they just edit it after you say the amount and then put euro at the end? It's Surely they have the technology. It's got to flow. I guess it's similar to when they record the commentary, the fake commentary for like EA games. I mean, I used FIFA. to play a lot of Madden like kind of 10 years ago and it's kind of like slightly clunky, slightly awkward. I've seen a few of these. Should say there was one guy who uh, tweeted at us, Lewis Tandy, who literally loved his video. Uh... Thanks, <laughs> Lewis. But the other problem, apart from recording all the various different uh, kind of caches, is if you think about it, if you're showing like some, someone's tournament journey and you're always showing their final hand, whether they won the tournament or not, they're going to be all in. Now, obviously, <laughs> they need a variety of, of ways of saying all in. But how many ways are there? And sometimes, no, 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 we, we just say all in, but can you say it in different ways? He's all in. It's all in. He's all in. <laughs> all in. Did you do it? Did you do like a confused one? Like he's all in. <laughs> They've got every single variation possible. <laughs> I 
I remember this thing. I, I'm not going to lie. Like, in general, I will make jokes about what I get paid to do various things. I got paid so much for this, I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> I was like, did, you, did I make a mistake with this? This is, I'm just reading things off a page. But when you realize how many videos will be generated and the fact that it's in perpetuity, you'll yeah, realize... Yeah, no, I got paid like a fraction of a cent for each one. Yeah, so, precisely, yeah, totally. precisely. Get that uh, now. Very weird experience for us to watch these things. Uh, we did say we were going to break down some WCOOP in this show. And the great thing is that I get to talk to someone who actually played a WCOOP, played in the World Championship of Online Poker, a very popular guy on the tournament circuit. He hasn't had a ton of online results. But no, Chris, it's not you. Sorry. No, we need you to... Why does Chris Moneymaker think he's meant to be on the stage? We said, we said not a ton of online results, not no online results. Sorry. Oh, we really turned the crowd now. <laughs> Don't, if you guys really love Chris, it's going to be a long night for you. <laughs> I, hate to tell you. I was, of course, talking about Joe Stapleton, me? ladies and gentlemen. Me? He's talking about me! Now, I don't know if I need to go over my online resume, but I have cashed in the Sunday Million upwards of four times. So, hey, yeah, believe it or not, these guys gave me $1,050 to play a, a WCube high, and if you want, I will let you guys bid on the underwear that I shit in. <laughs> Playing the, a tournament this big, the fact that it wasn't my money made it worse. Like, I felt like I had a duty, like a responsibility to come out of this with a good story. I didn't. It was really boring. I think Pokestars is doing okay. I don't think they're going to worry think, about... The thing is, I don't know, like, who specifically to apologize to for leaving this money, losing this money. All the customers who probably funded it. All right, yeah, no, let's not, let's not focus on that. Okay, uh, very quickly, the reason we won't recap the main event this week is it's still going on. In fact, the final table is playing out right now. Don't get your phones out. Don't start watching it. <laughs> we'll recap it on next week's podcast. I uh, should also give a shout out to your boy, Nicky, Nicky Petrangelo. Hey, hey Nicky Petrangelo. Why? He what won did he do? The, uh, he won the high roller. But yeah, so this event <laughs> you played at the weekend, Joe, this was a progressive KO. Yeah, a progressive knockout tournament, uh, which I didn't realize, first of all, that was a turbo. So after I folded the first hand, I saw it was a turbo. I was like, I, I probably shouldn't have folded it. I folded ace nine, like under the gun, plus one. Because I wasn't ready yet. I was like settling in. I was like, this is $1,000. There's no harm in folding. And I was like, oh, yes, there is. It's a turbo. Um, as you've already revealed that you haven't actually won this, I guess this is less poker news and more adventures in online poker? I agree. Um, now it the does good news feel is, fitting of Adventures of Online Poker. We have got producer Ben with us at the show tonight. You may now, recognize Ben's voice. Now, obviously, when it came to producing all of the kind of jingles and imaging for the podcast, we didn't have any money, so we didn't, couldn't get a professional voiceover artist to do it. So basically, we just roped in a member of the production team. So Ben is the man you normally hear introducing segments on the show. Uh, so Ben, could you please give us a live introduction to the next segment of the podcast, please? Adventures in Online Poker! Yeah! Woo! Now, now look, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start at the end, at the beginning, because th this was a knockout tournament. So I didn't even have to cash to make money, right? I was like, "This is my best chance ever." The people who put me in didn't say there was any sort of arrangement for giving money back. I was planning on donating a certain amount of it back to various charities. There's a lot of fucked up shit happening in the world right now. I wanted to give some money back. Turns out you can't do that if you cash for zero bounties and no 
even min cash. Nothing. Straight across the board. Did not cash. Did not bust a single player other than myself. And this is incredibly frustrating to me because I've been free-rolled like maybe like a half dozen times uh, in the last few years. Some stuff here, some stuff online. I've literally never cashed once. Not even one time. And I don't know if you guys can understand how frustrating this is. One, because I would love to have a shred of credibility <laughs> in talking about poker. That would be nice. Two is, it's a fucking free roll, so even a min cash is like a pretty high ROI, I think. I'm not exactly a math genius. So I'm like, God, if I could just cash. And I looked at what the guy last year made, and it was like $160,000. So that was your target. Yeah, and I was like... Set the bar at a reasonable level. I can relieve some hurricanes. I can put down a down payment on a house. I can probably afford one or two bar tabs after I pay off my credit cards. So I really wanted to cash in this thing. And of course, it did not happen. Uh, I spent most of my tournament with a former team pro sitting directly to my left, Max Leakoff, who uh, wasted no opportunities to three and four bet me every single time I entered a pot. I guess the fact that you play as Joe Stapleton with your dumb face as your avatar kind of means it's hard to avoid people picking on it's you. It's kind of like the opposite of a hoodie and sunglasses, yeah, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, it was a frustrating turn for me. Didn't get many hands, but I did get one interesting hand that I would like to tell you guys about. I figured the Poker Stars Fat Cat should know where his $1,050 went. So if we could, please, can we have some hand histories? Hand histories. Well, we might as well start at the beginning. Pre-flop action. So blinds are eight and 1600. Under the gun makes it 3200. There's one fold. I am next to act. I make it 8,000 with ace of hearts, queen of hearts. Everyone else folds. The original razor, I'm not gonna name him. Just kidding. His name is Amon Doem, 888. Loser. <laughs> Calls. The flop. The flop is queen, queen, seven. You have trips. Oh, hell yeah. So now this is really my pot to fuck up. <laughs> Idiot checks. I have to look at my notes because I genuinely don't remember. Uh, I bet 6,500, which seems small, but I did that on purpose, right? Can I get a confirmation? Is that because you basically saw on TV once with someone who knew what they were doing Th no, continued for like less than their pre-flop three exactly. bet. Before. That's what the pros do, so I'm going to do that. I saw it on TV exactly one time, and I decided <laughs> to do it. Loser idiot makes it 19,200. That's a big raise. And I don't know how to look weak, but I figured calling is my best strategy, so I just call whatever. The turn. The turn is the ten of spades. Okay, so the board is getting straightier and there is a flush draw That's out right. There. We got gut shots out there for the uh, or straight draws for the Broadway. We got the spade draw. Time to stop fucking around. But I don't have the chance to do that because stupid donkey loser <laughs> bets 28,900. How many chips do you actually have at this point? I move in. Okay. For 36,445. And that guy doesn't even think about it. He doesn't even tank. It's like 7,000 extra. I know, and you would think that he would give it at least a thought. <laughs> but he didn't. He called. I have ace-queen. He turns over his hand. King-queen. Boom. What do we call that? Domination? 
Nation. And that's you are the right. The river. Does anyone want to guess? Ace. James says Ace. King. I haven't heard it yet. The 10, that's right. <laughs> it was a 10 of clubs. So in a way, I got half. Hold on a second. Hold here about 30 seconds early. Save it. Save it. I, in a way, I, I had one half of a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let's give it up for Ben real quick here, huh? The voice of hand histories. Turns out it was actually a chop pot, and you know what they say. Everyone loves a chop pot. There you go, Poker Stars Fat Cat. That's what $1,050 got you. A room full of people saying everyone loves a chop pot. Just to put an ending to this story, uh, Big Stag shoved into me when I had King Jack. I called him. He had 9-4. He won. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look ahead now. That was WQ. We've got the Dublin Festival kicking off this week, a big event in the Irish capital. So we're going to welcome our first guest to the stage, a popular pro. He's heading to Dublin tomorrow. No, He's a still not champion. Chris. It's still not you, Chris. Sorry. Can somebody put like a plate of food out or something to keep Chris from walking over? Where is your ankle bracelet? There's like 15 S&M shops right outside. Can we get some restraints for him? Just we'll tell you. When it's you. I was about to say he crushes tournaments and cash games. <laughs> it is, of course, Mr. Jake Cody. Yeah, woo! What's up, lads? Jake, great to have you with us on the show. Good so to be here. Dublin tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, Dublin tomorrow. In fact, uh, formerly known as UKBT, my first ever event was in um, Ireland, in Galway. Back in 2009. And that event went how for you? You probably won it, right? Uh, no, I got 33rd. I cashed, though. 33rd? Yeah, disappointing. Oh, so it's such an uphill battle, poker sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the struggles. <laughs> so obviously, I appreciate we're actually keeping you for some of the preliminary events because the festival's already underway. So when does yeah. the main start? Um, I'm actually just moving to a new place in London. So I'm flying in on Thursday, playing right. on Thursday, and hopefully playing the whole week. We're but keeping Jake from some of the preliminary events like Guinness. And Jägermeister <laughs> and tequila. Well, we're doing a bit of a warm-up tonight, too. It's a pretty... Exactly. No, we're yeah. fine. We're, we're, keeping the, we're keeping the beast alive, at least. It's a fun city, Dublin, right? Oh, I mean, arguably my favorite events have been in Dublin. I've been there probably... There in Barcelona, I've been there the most out of any poker events. So, a lot of good memories. A lot of hazy memories, too. Are you sure they're memories? <laughs> <laughs> I know that I was there. Yeah, I was definitely there at times. Copperface Jacks is my favorite place, actually. Oh, so when you say you've like been there like so many times, actually it was all one trip, but they've just all kind of compartmentalized yeah, in your brain. Kind of like Vegas too, to be honest. <laughs> I went to Copperface Jacks one time. It wasn't for a poker thing, but I had like a date take me there, and she's like, "I'm going to take you to this place that's really terrible." Um, and we went, I'm and the story checked out. Spending. Like, no, it's awful. <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for. And the weird thing is, like, is I was kind of looking around the room at, like, what other girls were there. And then while I was doing that, she left with someone else. So it was perfect. <laughs> really what I deserved, I think, in that case. Sure. Well, it was a sad story, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. 
So is this the first uh, venue you've played since Barcelona, or have you taken a bit of a break the last few weeks? Um, I was in Macau for a month. I played a couple of tournaments over there. So you went back? What you, yeah, what did you do in Macau for a month? Yeah, I've been kind of just killing myself playing stupid hours over there. I actually made the final table of a tournament over there, too. Um, 100k Hong Kong dollars one. I got That's ninth. pretty good. Yeah. That sounds like a lot to me. Uh, I don't care what could, currency could have it's Could have done better, in. but, you know. So I've been pl playing a lot of cash games, really, concentrating on that. And you can, because I've heard those cash games can be hard to get into sometimes. They, uh, they yeah, let I you mean, in. Yeah, I mean, it helps if you know the right people, but certain times you can just play certain times. And you, you were like, I know Stapes, it's fine. I had to name drop you a few times, yeah. <laughs> they were like, get the fuck out. <laughs> now, uh, I know that the, the vlogs took a little bit of a break, yeah. but the vlog is back. So the reason they took a break was straight after the last one in, um, in Amsterdam, I actually went to Macau again for a month. Wow, fitting that the last one ends in Amsterdam. That makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a fun trip. Um, and then basically I just went to Macau for a month, slaved away. And then after that, I was just completely burnt out. Went to Vegas with the intention to play a lot of events, which... Uh, didn't completely work out. <laughs> uh, are these? Are we, are we still going to be on the road with Jay? Because it's an insight into yes. the kind of like... we're going to be back very soon. In fact, Dublin, we're going to be back. So, cool. Um, now, obviously, we want to give you guys the chance to ask Jake some questions. But also, not being funny, Pokestar spent a lot of money flying Chris Moneymaker over the side of the Atlantic. So, so we should try and I get some... I thought we just said open bar and he floated over like a guy in a cartoon. Like, uh, <laughs> So we should try and squeeze some value. Come on, Chris. Now you can come up. So here's the deal. We've got microphones on the floor. If you have a question for the 2003 World Series of Poker Main Event Champion, Champion. or Triple Crown winner, Jake Cody, please put your hand in the air like you just don't care, and we will bring the microphone to you. This is your chance to ask questions of these two very distinguished poker players. Chris, I'm assuming you didn't just come over for this podcast. I'm assuming you also are going to Dublin? I am going to Dublin, yes. And the main reason I'm here is because of this podcast, though. And I was told I was coming up first. <laughs> yeah, we, we may have been um, may have been slightly liberal with the truth to uh, I appreciate that. to ensure your attendance. Did Joe have anything to do with that? Um, possibly. Um, there's a gentleman over there uh, with his hand in the air, a rather astute gentleman with sunglasses and a red shirt. Hi, yes, uh, big fan, first time uh, caller, long time listener. Yeah, what's your name, please, sir? Uh, uh, James. And uh, and where are you from, James? <laughs> I'm from Wales. I'm Welsh. Okay. If you and can understand me with the accent, I know that sometimes it's difficult. Yeah. And who do you, who's your question for? My question for Chris Moneymaker. <laughs> Chris, it seems like you and Joe Stapleton, uh, to be clear, uh, have a, a bit of a cantankerous relationship. And it, I, I just want to know, first of all, how is he way smarter than you? Is that why he gets the better of you all the time? <laughs> and is that just for show or is that like a real life thing? Uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> well, well, first of all, anybody that watches the show actually realizes that I get the best of him most times. Oh, I mean, that's, one, his, that's one way to look at it, but okay. I mean, his job is a comedian, and I'm still probably funnier than him a lot of times. <laughs> um, but good try. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your question, James from Wales. Does anyone have anyone they would like to ask? Any burning questions for Jake Cody or Chris Moneymaker? Wow. There we go. Here we go. This gentleman here. 
Hi there, guys. Um, would you mind sharing with us what proportion of your income comes from promotion and from actual poker itself um, for somebody who's a fan? That's an excellent question there from Mr. Jonathan Gallagher, a former super fan, ladies and gentlemen. Jake, you can be nebulous. You don't have to give exact numbers. Oh, of course, no one yeah. from HMRC is going to audit you. Um, I would say from like sponsorship and things, for me personally, it's around 25 to 30% of, of what I make each year. 28.1%. <laughs> from poker. <laughs> You're not even... You go! <laughs> you can't throw me... A gift like that, moneymaker. Oh. Come on, Chris. There's more than 28.1 car dealerships that open every year. <laughs> There's How many maiden voyages of riverboat <laughs> casinos have you been on? Qu quite a few, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, car dealerships need help, too. I, I, I actually think you guys should give... Before, don't do it yet. But Chris, moneymaker, is on the road... A lot. Like, in trying to book him for this, he said, yes, he's a great guy. We love him. But this guy spends a lot of time away from his family. And Where's I'm, this going? Good I'm Lord. super appreciative that we have him. Can we get a big round of applause for Chris? He does everything that we ask him to do. He's a great sport. There's not even a burn coming at the end of this. Not even a burn. It's fucking tempting. Please, <laughs> just move on with the show before I ruin this moment. That was literally the nicest thing you've ever said to me, and I've just, I'm just i waiting for the punch. It's on tape, Chris. 100 episodes is what it took. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? I paid for that, by the way, yes. Chris. <laughs> Please tell us who you are and where you came from this evening. Uh, Chris Bean from Middlesbrough. Another former super fan. <laughs> Woo! Uh, my question's for Chris Millimaker. Is that your real name? <laughs> <laughs> yes, is that... You're, I did not put him up to that. I swear. It is a little weird, though, right? It's a little weird. Real name's good. Real name's good. Really? <laughs> no more softballs, please. Any more for any more? We yes. We got one in the back over there. Hi there, guys. Um, question to both of you guys. What's your you, name? What's your name? Costandinos from London. Um, Thanks, when you C. play your cash games, do you have like a target you want to hit? And when you do hit it, do you then get out? What, what do you do? What's That's your, a great question. What's your strategy? I actually have thought the same thing myself before. Um, for me personally, in fact, I've been concentrating predominantly on cash games for probably the last 18 months, maybe two years. So it's something I've been trying to put a lot of work in, especially with questions like that. And for me, it's more exactly how I think I'm playing rather than if I think I'm losing. So I'm not going to really set a, like, a monetary target. It's more of like, can I put an X amount of hours at playing at like X standard rather than like trying to win X buy-ins because obviously there's a lot of variance in poker. You can't really plan to win. You can try and plan to play best. Yeah, sort of similar to Jake for me. I mean, I, I play a lot of cash games and I, I try to monitor my cash win rate. And I notice after about six hours, my, my level of play drops off. Um, but generally, it's just who I'm playing against, how, how comfortable I am at the table, if I'm in control of the table. I don't really care if I'm up or down. If the table's good, I'm going to stick around and play as long as I possibly yeah, can. Definitely. Um, so. so that's how these guys do it. The way I do it is I'm like, my date's going to be here in about 20 minutes. I'm going to try to win as much as I can. How many times can I move all in? That's, I think, the smart way to do it, personally. 
I, I, I got a question real fast. Yes, go ahead. When, when you're scared. doing this little fake introduction thing for me earlier, uh-huh. you said no online results. Please tell us what they are. It was just a joke, Chris. No, but you said that you have some. Yeah, no, I cashed in the Sunday Million. I play the Sunday Million like seven times. But you just told times. me that you have... Everybody heard. No, when I free zero. roll... No, that's on my own dime. I've you put your own money on Poker Stars? Yeah, of course I have. Lots of times, to be perfectly what, honest. What, what's his screen name? Does anybody know? It's just Joe Stapleton, Chris. I gotta go find it. All right. I think we had one last question in the back over there. Hello, chaps. Uh, my name's Andy from London. Another um, former <laughs> super fan! <laughs> Woo! Um, crazy. Recently, Daniel Negrani was very uh, honest in that he felt his game wasn't uh, he wasn't at the top of his game. He felt like a lot of people were passing, were surpassing his level. Just wondering how uh, how you maintain your standards, and if you ever feel if your game is dropping, do you then put more work in? Do you study more, or are you just happy with where your game is at? Is this for both of us? Yeah, I think it's worth both of you answering. Okay, if um, you can. For me, it's um, basically a constant work in progress. You never really reach a certain level. You're just trying to get to a level and maintain, basically. It takes constant work, constant analysis. Um, outside of playing at the tables, even to this day, I'm constantly like um, studying, studying a lot away from the tables, talking hands with friends. Um, it, it really never really gets to a point where you're like comfortable. You kind of always got to work harder and harder and harder as the games get tougher and tougher. As like these young kids come through and like are working just as hard. It's crazy so, like, hearing Jake you say these young kids right now. <laughs> Because he was these young kids, like yesterday. <laughs> I'm, I'm old school now. I'm, uh, How old are you? Um, 29. Oh, oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Jesus. Chris? I honestly, I, I talked to a coach about seven years ago. And, uh... Go on. <laughs> go on. Again, you just, if you're gonna throw... This, I'm actually I'm answering a question. Go on, Chris. And... One of the questions he asked me right in the beginning was, how much time are you willing to dedicate to learning the game and improving your game? And I started thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I've got a wife with three kids. I'm into a lot of other things. Um, <laughs> it's Like these brand new Toyotas that you can get. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard for you. <laughs> so to be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm not one of the top players in the world. I haven't been for a very long time, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Um, I felt like I've been an ambassador for the game for many years. Um, I'm happy with my game, uh, but I'm happy where I am with the game. I just generally go find worse players than me, like Jake. And, you know, <laughs> you know that makes my game that much better. Um, and, and to be perfectly honest, I'm happy with, you know, taking the time away from the game and spending it with my family or, you know, going to car dealership or talk, <laughs> talking sports, talking cryptocurrency, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, just having an interest outside of poker, it, it's, it's actually really good for me because poker, you know, as, as fun as it is and as much I do love it, it can wear on you, especially when you have to be around these guys a lot. Can we talk about talking sports for a second? Aren't you 0-3 this week, Chris? <laughs> on your NFL bets <laughs> that you have a show about with James? <laughs> It's James It was Hardigan. a bad week, man. I mean, I was 4-2 going into this week. I, I had a bad week. And what does it have to happen this week when I'm coming up here? James Hardigan and Chris Money Loser. <laughs> <laughs> I have to have the worst week I've had in a long time. It's, it's gonna, one week. It's you do it to yourself, Chris. You do it to yourself. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, please have a round of applause for our guests, Mr. Chris Moneymaker and Mr. Jake Cody. Yeah. 
Do we leave now? Uh, go to Dublin. Go right, go right now. Copperface Jacks will probably be open by the time you get there. <laughs> It'll still be open. What now? What are we doing now? Uh, we are going to do our event recap. So, Ben, if you would do the honors, please. Event recap. It's weird without the unnecessary repetition after it. <laughs> um, we were here on Sunday. It feels like such a long time ago, but it's actually only two days ago because the Hippodrome had this uh, special tournament. What, 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 what was the name you came up with? The thank you slash I'm sorry tournament. Which yes. was to say thank you to a bunch of uh, cash game regulars who logged hundreds of hours just to get to play this. And they showed up and they were like, wait, what did I do? Why am I here? Because they hate tournaments. Yeah. The cash game players really hated playing this tournament. And then there were a few people that showed up for a tournament that was canceled. And the Hippodrome sent them a basket of apology kittens. By saying, hey, why don't you play in this free roll? So, uh, and their apology slash punishment was having to play with me and James. Yes, so it was a £1,000 free roll, which included £100 bounties on myself and Joe. Now, the weird thing is about the cash qualifiers is not only were they cash grinders who have no real interest in playing tournaments, but bizarrely, and I can't quite believe this is a thing, they had never played a poker tournament before. They had no idea of, like, the rules, the intricacies. What is blinds? And what's what hilarious levels? is there was one cash rag at my table and she was furious that I had a bounty chip and she didn't. Because she wanted to win the bounty or she wanted to be a bounty? She felt that this come, somehow was like you have been chosen as being special. <laughs> you have been earmarked being for Being a bounty fucking sucks. It's terrible. In fact, someone in this room is going to end up being a bounty tonight and I'm sorry about that. Because it's awful. Should mention, by the way, Moneymaker, Cody are also going to be bounties in tonight's free roll. There was a guy who sat down at my table. He sat down directly next to me and then kept asking James about the bounty situation. And I was like, hey, I'm right, I'm right here also. And he went, oh, shit, I'm sorry I didn't recognize you. And I was like, I, no, it's, you, don't, you don't have to apologize for that. Isn't that the guy who actually busted you? It is the guy who busted me by calling it off with seven deuce. So there was a way, yeah, there was a way to have the 9-4 shame be even worse this week. So thanks, oh, Jerry. Um, so I'm sorry, the bad beat stories. Nobody wants to hear them. It's the testicle thing. So in addition to the uh, cash qualifiers, there were also these people who traveled to play an event that had then been canceled. So there was a crowd from Sweden, like four or five people who'd come over from like the casino in Gothenburg to play in this event. And then there was a crowd of guys from the Netherlands who were only slightly less drunk than the Bozkov boys from Rosvedov a few weeks ago. Which technically, because they weren't that drunk, they had a very hard time getting back into the Netherlands after the fact. It was difficult for them. Um, anyone who's heard me talk about playing poker before will know that I just knit it up after level two and basically just blind that's down true. That's 100% to a true. 10 big blind stack. And that's when I'm in my comfort zone. That's his sweet spot. 10 big blinds. And, and James and I have swapped 10% uh, in anything we've ever played in together. And I can tell you, I have paid out zero in that arrangement. And James has paid out occasionally more than zero. As long as I say, unfortunately, in this case... It was a zero, unfortunately. I did with my 10 big blinds manage to triple up. And then I was obviously very uncomfortable because I'm playing a third. What do you do with 30 big blinds? It's like weird. Too um, many chips. I then lost two all-ins in a row. And the first one was a standard flip. It was tens against ace-queen. Joe accuses the guy of slow rolling because he tanked for an eternity with the ace-queen. Which 
I actually think is a legitimate tank because he didn't have me covered. There's no bounty equity if you haven't got me covered. Despite the fact that I commentate poker for a living, A, I didn't realize he didn't have James covered. B, I didn't realize there were like seven people to act behind him. <laughs> so I was like, come on, you nit, what the fuck are you doing? Is my bar tab still open? Um, and the tens lost to the ace queen, not because an ace or a queen came. I got four flushed. What is hilarious. Which also I did not notice. A lot of people missed it including the dealer who was telling this guy he was out and was about to push the pot toward very uh, quickly corrected his mistake which left me with 500 chips or a single 500 chip at blinds of 1500 3000 and I'm in the big blind so, so you I'm had a, a four chip all and a chair in for one sixth of a big blind yeah I did have a chip and I had a chair I didn't even think to bring up the phrase that I created in 2013 at the time, which is all it takes is a chip and a chair. Well, sadly, in this case, it didn't because funnily <laughs> enough, being forced all in didn't work out for me. King six against eights and eights held. Um, but it was, what was really weird is I did not expect there to be so many people from overseas playing in a free roll at the Hippodrome. What I did not expect is that the one lady that I eventually decided, yeah, I probably will, left before I could even talk to her. <laughs> That's what was the shock to me. She got her photo and then she was gone. Weird. James, uh, when's the next chance I have to get free rolled here in this casino? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Joe, I think it's after. When do you go home? The second? I go home after the free roll online, so Monday. Okay, so Monday the second. So the following weekend, well, actually, starting on the 5th, running to Sunday the 8th, there is the London series here at the Hippodrome. I probably will be able to make it. Um, it's a 40K guaranteed main event. Don't let that stop you from coming. Just because James is going to be here, it'll still be fun. Very low chance you'll be at his table. If I raise fold, means I have it. <laughs> um, yeah, 40K guaranteed main event, and I think there are four starting flights on the Friday, Saturday, so it's kind of a, a long weekend gig. Uh, £275 buy, and I'm going to be here probably on the Saturday, and hopefully on the Sunday as well, because I probably st you'll probably still have 10% of my action, even though you've got nothing to swap. Sold. Now, obviously, we're very thrilled to have the likes of Jake and Chris with us the, uh, this evening, but there are many members of Team Pro who couldn't come to London, couldn't be at the Hippodrome, uh, but I believe that many of them have left messages to celebrate our 100th anniversary. Yeah, on our answering machine. We still have an answering machine. It's in the office. Let's, let's hit it. What's up, guys? Chris Moneymaker here. Uh, can't believe you actually made 100 episodes. It really it baffles me that you guys could stay on air this long. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of proud of you that you tricked poker stars into letting you do this. I'm actually rushing to the airport right now so I can get there to participate. Guys, can't believe it. So I'm actually heading to the airport now. Can't wait to see you guys. I'll be there in London. I'm going to take part in the 100th episode, and I just want to see it for myself that you guys are actually still doing this. See you soon. Hi, this is Fatima. Happy anniversary, uh, your 100th. Well, your 100th episode, I mean, you guys look pretty old, but I guess you aren't that old yet, even together. Um, but uh, yeah, you guys are doing a great fucking job. Well, yeah. No, an okay job. Let's, let's make it an okay job. So just keep on being very okay. Bye, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Jamie Staples. I am here to wish a huge congratulations to James and Joe on their 100 episodes of poker in the ears. That's pretty awesome, you guys. If you're ever looking for any tips on, on how to do this broadcasting thing, come check out twitch.tv slash poker staples. I'll be there <laughs> to help you guys out. Hi, this is Barry Greenstein. I heard that Stapes and Hardigan have done 100 shows. I don't have anything to say to Stapes, 
but I really want to congratulate James Hardigan. That's a hundred shows of pretending to laugh at Joe Stapleton's jokes. That's really great acting. Hi guys, this is Selena, and congratulations on the hundredth show. And I'm still waiting for the promise on you guys coming down to visit me in Macau sometime. Um, that's really all where the poker action is happening lately. Also, I do have another interesting story for you guys, and it actually involves another mishap where I actually got my foot ran over by a car while visiting <laughs> Paris. So looking forward to talking to you guys soon. Hi guys, I'm Lex Feltuis, and I want to congratulate the Poker in the Ears podcast on their first episode. A hundred. How did the first 99 go? Well, big ups, guys. Hey, guys. It's Jason Mercier. Uh, just wanted to call and say uh, happy anniversary uh, on your hundredth episode thing. I uh, really didn't expect you guys to still be uh, on the air. I figured you'd be canned by now. But, uh, you know, here we are. Another episode, another day. So uh, keep doing your thing, guys. What's up, guys? Daniel Negranu here. Wanted to wish you guys uh, congratulations on your 100th episode of the um, the, uh, the Jacks, the EPT, the EPT Jack, the, the, your podcast, which has been fantastic. Congrats on that. I want to speak a little bit more about podcasts, though, because I've got my own. It's called the Full Contact Poker Podcast, and I interview celebs, top-notch people in the poker industry, you name it. So check it out on FullContactPoker.com. Hi, Joe and James. This is Joe's mom. I just wanted to say, Félicitations, bien fait, mon petit. Wow, Joseph, I vividly remember your first day of preschool, and here we are, another milestone. Incroyable, unbelievable. Je suis si fière de toi. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. So proud of you. I hope that you are proud of you too. Proud of you. So proud of you. Yes, I'm very proud of you. Gros bisous. Is that it? I hope. <laughs> oh, give it up for Joe's mom. Oh my God, she's the worst. I hate it. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Mommy. Okay, just before we uh, bring our main guest onto the stage, a couple of, um, what do they call them? PT, no, that's the Parents Association. PSAs. Sh shilling. Public service announcements. Uh, obviously, we've got the free roll here at the Hippodrome tonight. There is an online free roll, which everyone in this room is welcome to play, but obviously everyone listening at home who couldn't be at the Hippodrome this evening, you can join us in this game as well. It's taking place this coming Sunday. That is the 1st of October at 8.15 UK time. That is 9.15 PM Central European time. Um, and Joe is staying in this country just to play this free roll. That's right. I'm going to be grinding it out in my hotel room right here in London. And one of you right now is going to win the opportunity to come hang with me in my room. It's you, young lady in the blonde, the blonde in the back. Yes, you've just won yourself a chance to play the free roll with me on Sunday. And if it's a long commute, we could, you can crash Saturday night. No big deal. Thank you very much congratulations we'll talk after probably not now if you do want to play in that free roll there is five thousand dollars in the prize pool there are one hundred dollar bounties on J. Hartigan and joe stapleton we're very easy to find uh it's called by the way rather unimaginatively the poker in the ears live podcast special flows right off the tongue 
But crucially, if you search for the word podcast in the Pokestars tournament lobby, it will appear. Pod might even get you there. So it's going to be there from this Thursday. And uh, yeah, in order to register, you will need the password. And the password is... Hello, my babies. We've already done the top of the show. That's the pa- I think it's the password. Hello, my babies. All lowercase. Oh, yes. All one word. All lowercase. Hello, my babies. We'll get you into that 5K free roll on Sunday. Right. There's one other thing we've got to do, and that is the uh, super fan contest. So how this is going to work is only one of you can come up on stage. So oh, geez. Who's it going to be? Have we got the microphone ready? Because we've got a trivia question here. If you think you know the answer. <laughs> Moneymaker, sit down. <laughs> God. Again, put your hand in the air. First person to get this question correct will get to compete in Superfan versus Stapes. Now, there is a drawback, though. The one little drawback is that if you compete in Superfan versus Stapes, you are going to be a bounty in the ensuing tournament. But the good news is your chances of winning all this shit is pretty good. <laughs> Most of you have listened to the show, right? You, you know that he... I don't never- win. Okay. Rarely. I'm going to give you that one. Rarely. Okay, so I'm sure you are enjoying the shirt that Joe is wearing this evening. Got aces up my sleeve. I don't know if you guys noticed that. You will notice that I am paying tribute to uh, Mr. Roger Moore, James Bond of the 1970s and 80s. At which event did Joe famously wear this shirt and I was searching for Roger Moore? Did I regrettably wear this shirt? There is a hand in the air over here. Got a hand in the air. I need the season or the year. Or the year. Uh, It's EPT Monte Carlo season 10. Yes, it was. Wait, what's your name? What's your name? Uh, Joe. Joe, that, that seems like a lie to me. Yeah, there's Scuff as well. Scuff, now, it's the real Scuff. The real Scuff is going to be competing later on in Superfan versus Stapes. Well done for getting that question correct. Uh, so we'll have the quiz a bit later on, the chance to win those prizes. But right now, we're going to bring on to the stage the star of tonight's show. You're wondering when you're finally going to get to meet him. He is an actor. He is a director. He is a poker player. Sit down, moneymaker. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Dexter Fletcher. Hello, 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 hello. I'm completely unclear why I'm here, but I am here, so thank you very much. Well, the weird thing is, Dexter, I don't expect you to know this, but you are the perfect guest for this podcast because this is allegedly a poker show. But as regular listeners will know, we do spend a lot of time going off on weird tangents about movies. Thank God for that. And obviously, uh, you've been in a few films. I've done a few films in my time. I've even been in a film where they played some poker as well. But, uh, and you yourself do play poker outside of the cinematic universe as well. I, I do. It has been known. Yes, so not very as well. Far as, as far as the boxes we needed ticked, you basically tick them all. You can again. It makes perfect sense why I'm here. That's really good. All of a sudden, at first right. he wasn't so Thank sure. Thank God for that. I was worried. You know, one time I, when I first was coming over here for work, I used to play at the Gut Shot Poker Club, and I saw you there. And I was like, James, James, James. That guy. Now I know who you are. Do you get a lot of that guy? Do you get a lot of, like, you're that guy? I remember you being there. You were, yeah, <laughs> it was scary. It's like I, I, I dragged myself down to the gut shot. Was it, when it, it was down in the basement, the really smoky... I said dark. gut shot. You know what? I lied. I'm so sorry. 
I meant the Fox Poker Club. The Fox, the Fox. No, the Fox Poker shop. Club. The gut shop was around the corner from where I lived, and that was when I first started playing. But James I, too had some experience. Yeah, yeah, Clerkenwell. In Clerkenwell, right? Yeah, that's yeah. where I live now. But and then it moved into Old Street, and it went down in this really dingy basement. And I'd go there, and it was all very sort of. Uh, it felt like I was in a real sort of cool poker game, which I wasn't. But uh, yeah, I go to the Fox. I used to go there quite a lot when my wife would be out of town. I would go and play poker at the Fox. Badly. James too. Well, when my wife was out of town, you'd go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. The weird thing is, no, everyone has a I've played poker with Dexter Fletcher story. That's the Do weird they? thing. When we said you were coming on the show, and there's like so many people in the office go, oh, yeah, I played with them at the Vic. Oh, I played with them at the International. Really? And the weird thing is, so I got, my, my wife asked me, to, so who you got coming on this live show? I went, Dexter Fletcher. And oh, I played poker with them at that charity <laughs> event we did like 10 years ago. It's like. Everyone's played poker with I'm Dexter prolific. Fletcher. I'm prolific. I'm all over the place. But there's a lot of people who look a lot like me, so maybe there's some mistakes being made. <laughs> I hope they're good. Now, I mentioned that, uh, obviously, you have been in a few movies. The weird thing is, I think you have spanned virtually every single <clears throat> kind of decade in my life. Because wow. as a kid, I loved Bugsy Malone, and yes. you were in Bugsy Malone. You I, was were babyface. In, I was babyface in Bugsy Malone, that's right. And uh, obviously, while you were still a child actor, you made The Long Good Friday, which when I discovered as right. an adult... Yes. Is like one of my favourite movies of all time. It's definitely the best British gangster movie ever made. It is the definitive British gangster movie. It's the and film that they're all trying to remake but can't quite do. And it's you were the kid who basically fleeced Bob Hoskins by guarding his car. I, that's right. He gave me a pound. That's right. <laughs> and it called me a little acorn. No, no, it was a great day. I, you know, it's one of those things when you're a kid and you turn up on a set and there's Bob Hoskins doing his top, you know, gangster acting and I had to, you know, extort money out of Bob Hoskins when I was 13 years old and, you know, the rest is history. What it's pretty cool that you're in the old school greatest gangster, English gangster movie of all time and then for people that have, like, never seen a movie before 1990... Philistines. Yeah, yeah, but you're also in, like, the new school, arguably, best English gangster movie of all time. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that was just purely luck. I mean, I suppose I've got that London thing going on. I was also in another film that was very old, old London, was called Elephant Man when I was a kid John as Hurt. well. So, I, yeah, I was, I was running about. So I suppose I've, I've kind of cornered the market in being a bit of a, a London oik. How, I mean, how did you... I mean, was this something that you wanted to do? Was this something your parents wanted you to do? No, no, it was get out there, earn some money, you little shit. You know, <laughs> it's like... Uh, uh, so my, my mum got us... Resolute. I've got two older brothers and we went to a, a drama club in Islington with people like Phil Daniels and Pauline Quirk and Kathy Burke and all, the, all these kind of interesting people, Londoners. And I started as a kid and, yeah, I got, I got £15 a day for Bugsy Malone, which I remember I did four uh, days. Excuse me, I think I deserve a raise. Yeah. Hearing. <laughs> this is 1975 getting? I'm talking about as well, so I was loaded, you know, <laughs> 15 quid a day was a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, looking at, like, your work as a... As a, as a as a child star, I mean, you were in some of the yeah. biggest movies of the 80s. You mentioned The Elephant Man. Yes. You were in The Bounty with like Mel Gibson, oh, Anthony yes. Hopkins. Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Even Neil Morrissey was in it. That was Neil Morrissey's first, first job. Yeah, we went to Tahiti for 10 weeks. I was 17 years old. We did a, we did a week's filming in, uh, in Wembley <laughs> and then we did 10 weeks in Tahiti and four weeks in New Zealand. Uh, it, was, it was just like the dream job. It was great. And there was one actor who walked off it in the first week because he wasn't happy with, with the director. And we went, he's never going to work again. It was fucking Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was quite a cast. Turns yeah. out he knew what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, he knew what he was talking about. The film was terrible. But we did have a good time. But yeah, we ran riot on that island for, for 10 weeks. Yeah, it was, it was quite something. I was only 17. I came back a, a different person. I can say that for sure. 
And I also mentioned at, uh, at the top of the show that there will be cert- people of a certain generation who watch Press Gang, which was like right. one, of, one of about two decent shows on children's ITV. Right. Um, which created an argument in our office when people were adamant that the yeah. show was older than it actually was. It was like oh. late 80s, early 90s. But everyone was adamant, like, no, no, no. It was like 1984 for sure. No, it, no, it's, it's late 80s. I think, well, no, wait a sec. I was 22 when I did it. I'm 51 now. There you go, whatever that, the maths on that is. 29 years ago. We don't ago. do math. Gee, we don't do math. No, no. I, I know. I've seen you play. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing a vague stab at a poker joke. <laughs> trying. So trying my best. So you said on some of these movies it was a dream come true. Was it a, a bigger dream come true to act, or, act in those movies or when you later became a director? Um... I don't know, I mean, I made films with my brother when I was a kid with a, with a little home movie camera, um, but it sort of, that sort of almost happened by accident as well, directing, because I wrote this script called Wild Bill, and, and I found this woman who wanted to produce it, and she just assumed that I was directing it. She just sort of said, so you're directing it, and I just, uh-huh. I just didn't say, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh, yeah, that's the idea. And, <laughs> and then she went away and raised this money, and, and it kind of... It just sort of ran away. And then once I started doing that, I kind of suddenly realised I had all this control and power that I'd never been given before. Because an actor, you know, it's like go in that caravan, put those clothes on and wait. But as a director, you've got to do everything. So, yeah, it, I suddenly went, oh, fuck, after 40 years, people are finally listening to me, which was, <laughs> which was quite nice. Did it feel good to be able to make other people's dreams come true the way yours did? Like, now all of a sudden you're like, I can choose any one of you to be in this movie. And if you need an American poker commentator ever, just... Uh, I found this I'm just looking at you now, actually, Joe, and from this side, it's a really interesting... I found this little known Australian <laughs> called Hugh Jackman, and I'm going to make him a star. Yeah, that Jackman. He was nothing before he worked with me. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's fun. I, I mean, I do like working with actors. That's, you know, that's the background I come from. So when I get to work with people like Hugh Jackman or Taron Egerton or Chris Walken, who's nuts but brilliant, then, you know, maybe as an actor I wouldn't have a chance to do that. But certainly as a director, I, I find myself having rather serious conversations with these people and hoping that they take me seriously. When but, he worked with you, Christopher Walken, did he do yeah. the birthday gag? The what? He apparently he does this thing where he walks around really sad and he acts like it's his birthday. <laughs> and then he waits for the production to get him a birthday cake. And then he tells everyone it was just a joke. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a kind of straight... Yeah, he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy. Yeah, he didn't know where he was at first. He's like, where am I? What's, you know, what's going on? I'm so glad I didn't do my walking impression because his is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, let's talk about Eddie the Eagle for a second. Uh, I watched this movie. I loved it from the very first frame. It was one of those magical movies that just kind of captured an era. It captures a feeling. You really feel for this dude the I'm entire time. I guess you didn't know the story. I did not know the see, story. See, that's thinking about me, obviously. I remember as a kid this I thought it was guy. about eagles. That's why I didn't see it originally. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this isn't about eagles at all. I mean, this absolute loser at the Winter Olympics who basically became the nation's sweetheart for like yeah. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, thank you very much for ending the story before he records the pop song. What's that? Fly, oh, right, Eddie, yes. fly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I couldn't do that. I, I wouldn't do that to people. I was trying to make it an enjoyable film. So, <laughs> and it uh, was. It's, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's, it was a great film. Eddie was great. He kind of let us just get on with it as well. We took lots of liberties, as you do, you know, uh, telling, telling a true story. But, the, the, you know, in the beginning, the, the, the film took the piss out of him a lot more. But it, The script that I had... And then I had a meeting with him and he came with his daughters and his daughters were like six and nine and he sat there with his kids and I was like, how are we going to make a film about this guy who has family, you people who 
really care about him and, and love him, you know. It's like it just didn't seem right. Well, so we I, do the same thing with Chris. I know, you know he's got a family, so I know. Yeah, Chris is all right with it. Though. <laughs> he's got the better of you more than once. That's true. That's undeniable. Uh, no, I, I'm very proud of it. I won't lie, you know. And it was it was a lot of fun to make, and yeah, you know, lucky it turned out well. I don't want to get too geeky and too cinematic, but one of the things that I took out of it is the different ways that you had to try and show ski jumping. Because obviously there's a a number of jumps from different angles. There is 13, I think, if you count them up. Now, I'm interested because your second unit director was Vic Armstrong. Now, as you can tell from the T-shirt, I'm a massive Bond nerd. Yes. Don't worry, I'm not going to go off on a Bond tangent. He is. But obviously, I'm interested, was Vic Armstrong involved in that? Because obviously, he's what, one of the be- best action directors in the world. Yeah, because they said to me, right, so we've got to do you know, these ski jumps. I was like, there's 13 ski jumps. I need to keep it interesting. How do I do that? They're like, okay, so second unit. I was like, yeah, Vic Armstrong. They're like, yeah, so second unit directors. I'm like, yeah, Vic Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, but who, who can we really get? I was like, you know the guy who went under the car in Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, that's Vic Armstrong. That's the guy. So... I was very lucky that, they, that, that Vic was available and he remembered Eddie with affection. And he was, I think he was shooting in Vietnam at the time and I had to do like this Skype call with him and he was just making jokes about Eddie and really up for it. And then he did, he got a load of German stuntmen and, and I kind of gave him like this idea I need... Was know, it the same ones from the truck in Raiders of the Lost Ark? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're a little bit older, those guys now. But he did, he just went away and he shot 90 hours of footage. He went away for a week and he shot 90 hours with wow. these crazy German blokes who would just throw themselves down those jumps. I know there was other stuff that we, I, I specifically gave him, but he came back with, and I had to sit and watch it all. <laughs> Jesus. But as a result, that I had you know, an embarrassment of riches and it meant that we could keep those jumps exciting and, and engaging and dynamic. But if it wasn't for Vic, it wouldn't have been... No, it was all my idea. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vic was useful. He's okay. You know, he's old now, whatever. No, no, it was, it was a real massive bonus. Because of the film and the poker connection, would you ever consider making a poker movie or would you rather continue making good movies? <laughs> it's, the, it's the big pertinent question. I mean, I won't say I haven't thought about it. I have, you know, it's one thing that Lockstock did do successfully. It's like, it's when you play cards and you know the game, you understand what the rules and you understand what the tension is in having a four and a nine and, you know, the flop being two nines and a four. When you understand that tension, then it's great. But if you don't, to people who don't know, it's really hard to make it exciting. It's really hard to make it full of tension because it's just guys, you know, people looking at cards. Oh, you know, <laughs> and if you don't know what's going on, you're like, well, what the fuck are they looking at? Why is well, I'm going to watch some, you know, car blow up. I mean, why am I going to look at and if you make I would it love so, to be able to do it. I'm, I'm yet to figure out how to do it. If you make it so everyone knows what's going on, the poker fans are like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because someone will always win with a royal flush in a movie. Every because time. Of course we know that happens all the That's time. That's how every tournament ends. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> royal flush. It's, it's, it's in the rules. Um, <coughs> how did the poker thing start for you? Was it from a movie home game, collection? Home game about uh, uh, yeah, 20 years ago. I had no friends. I was like, how do I make friends? <laughs> oh, I know. I'll have a home game of poker. That's why we're all here. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I, I'm lucky. And then... Uh, and I do, I have a home game with Jamie Oliver, who's a mate. And, uh, well, it's really good because he does the food and so loads of fucking people turn up. That makes it really nice. easy. Nice. That's good. Chris yes, Maker's listening. Yeah. <laughs> You're invited, Chris. Um, uh, so it kind of started from there, really. And then uh, I, I, got, I got invited on one of those late night TV uh, Channel 4 games, you know, and it was like Howard Marks it. there and... 
you know those ones. And I, I had no idea what was going on. Norman Pace was there and... All, wow, this is, a, all, this is like a, must be a mid, early 2000s kind it, of... Yeah, yeah. It was a long time. I think we had to go to Wales and film it or something. Yeah, it would have been in Cardiff. Yeah, oh, that's Cardiff. where James was from, the guy who was sitting over there. I think he had to leave. Yeah, he's... Uh, he Probably had to get the, oh, that's right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I Wales. think he played in one of the tournaments. <laughs> I was, yeah, he was terrible. Uh, um, but uh, so it started from there and then yeah then the fox opened up and that's not too from where, far from where I live and, and like I say the, the gut shot was around the corner so I would just go and play and sometimes win and most of the time lose you know uh, but yeah, testify as we all know as we all know I'm sure but obviously you know, I mean, you're a busy man appearing in movies making movies you're, you're, about, you're starting working on another movie right now is that I am, plug something. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm really. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a, on, on, a, on a musical about a pop star that we all know and some like. And cool. he, he wears glasses and plays the piano. Um, so I'm working on a biopic about him. I'm not going to say his name. I like that some of you look confused. <laughs> That's good. I've not said too much. Hey, Billy Joel with cataracts. <laughs> Harry Webb. No, not Harry Webb. <laughs> But that, so hopefully at the start of next year I'll, I'll be I'll be working on that. Yeah. So with the work you've got going, how much time do you still have to play? I mean, are you able to get out to the London clubs at all these days? No, that's the truth of it. Is I don't. I don't. You know, it's it's like uh, you know the free roll tonight is is a very exciting prospect. It's kind of when circumstance and time allows really for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've never even been to Vegas, which I would love to go and do and play. Let's a, do play it, a baby. Card, so I'll show you um, a real good time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to go with you. <laughs> Standard. Fucking scary. Chris, he, he, I'll go with Chris. <laughs> Chris can get you a great deal on a Toyota out there, so. That's what I hear, actually. That's good. I love a Toyota. That's good. If I go with you, I have to wear that fucking shirt. <laughs> um, you talk about working with uh, some big names, and obviously, you know, like Christopher Walken, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. The other weekend, bizarrely, yeah. uh, watched for the first time Stardust. One of Matthew Vaughan's oh, films, yeah. because my daughter had never seen it. And yes. you pop up in that, working I alongside do. De Niro, playing the campest pirate in history. Yeah, I know. That was really, that was really weird. Because I mean, Matthew Vaughan, who directs it, he was the producer of Lock Stock. So I've known him for a long time. And he, he directed Layer Cake, which I'm in as well. And, and, and Kick-Ass, as <laughs> kick I Kick-Ass, like yeah. I mean, that, I turn out, he, kill, he usually starts killing me in a lot of his films now. But that's what old friends Your do. Your death in Kick-Ass is particularly gruesome. What happens to me in Kick-Ass? You I get, get put in squashed the in a car That's compactor. right, I do, yeah. He puts me in a car <laughs> compactor, that's right, yeah. Uh, but, but De Niro uh, was, he was, yeah, he was, everyone says, oh, he's really weird, he's really hard to talk to, De Niro. And I stood next to him for two weeks while he acted like this very camp pirate, um, which he was great at, he loved it, wearing feather bowers. And it, and it took me about three days to work out what his trick was. And what he does is like, people, or everyone wants to talk to De Niro. And when he comes in a room and everyone goes quiet, it absolutely goes silent. It's like 500 people could be chatting away and De Niro walks in and everyone stops fucking talking. And I was like, oh, Jesus, that's, some, that's, that's quite interesting. And what he does is you go to De Niro, how are you doing? He goes, yeah, I'm good. But he just never asks you back. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, the, the conversation doesn't go anywhere, which is a really good way of just keeping himself sort of slightly... The conversation exactly. can never go on too long if you're not, exactly. if you're only one side. Exactly. Of it. If you're just like, great, how was dinner? Yeah, I had a good dinner last night. Thanks. He'll answer <laughs> your questions. He won't fucking ask you anything. He's not interested. Now, I'm sure, Dexter, that, uh, that, that Joe's come up with some amazingly well thought out intelligent quiz for you to compete in. But before oh, we do that, really? okay. let's, uh, let's, let's throw things over to the floor. Does anyone have a question? <laughs> 
For our guest this evening, Mr. Dexter Fletcher, we have the microphone in the audience. If you have a question, put your arm in the air and we will bring the microphone to you. Because if you don't, I have lots of questions for him. Yeah, ones. please help We've me. Got a question <laughs> down here. We're running out of time. Got to wrap it up there, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Please tell us your name, sir. Uh, hi, I'm Nick. That's uh, Nico. Uh, He's my Nico. plus one. He's yeah. my date. <laughs> hey, Nico. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I love uh, uh, your film about, you know, uh, Eddie the Eagle. Thank you. And I, I wanted to ask you, um, how was the process of filming that, that scene where Hugh Jackman jumps and like, he like, throws his like, cigar and like, it goes like... Yes. That, uh, it was CGI and also I wanted to ask you if uh, Hugh Jackman ever did a real jump. He was <laughs> really keen to. I've got to say, Hugh Jackman was... Uh, there's a great moment in, in Eddie the Eagle where where Hugh Jackman is, is Eddie's trainer. He's a kind of fictional character. And really, in my mind, he was, he was a figment of Eddie's imagination because Eddie never had a trainer. He didn't even have a fucking pair of skis. He was, you know, <laughs> he, was, he was really useless. Uh, but there's, we, so I created this. I wanted to get Hugh Jackman in the film. I wanted to have a big star, someone who'd be his trainer. So I kind of invented that moment where he had this really cool jump and I was trying to think of many ways I could make it as cool as possible. I was like, yeah, what if he's got a cigarette in his mouth as he goes down and he's got just a shirt <laughs> on and he flicks his cigarette at the camera. And yeah, so we, we, we did it. We hung him on a wire, surrounded him with green and put some skis on him and, you know, he, and he just he did the action and we moved the camera about. But it, when we asked, I first started talking to him, he's like, I've got to fucking do one of these jumps, man. I've got to, I'm really fucking up for it. I'm really... And, and, and the producer's looking at me like, we can't fucking let Hugh Jackman <laughs> jump over. They're like 90 foot high, those fucking things. It's like, we can get a wire and I'll go down. and we go. It's like, you, what the fuck is he Australians are just out of their They're minds, right? Yeah. yeah. He was really up for it. So he's, he was really game. But, but that, we simply, yeah, we hang him on a wire and pulled a rope and he went up in the air. And, and then the, the magic of cinema means you can do anything. But it's a very cool moment. So, yeah, it looks good. Thank you. Thank you. We have a question over here. The lady would like to ask you. Please tell us your name, Adam. Um, Kylie Grace. Do you do any team bonding poker games with your cast? And if so, is there a good story about that? Uh, that that is a very good question, Yay. but unfortunately, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to initiate that very thing and. Uh, Joe's going to run a little tournament for us. <laughs> Joe's going to do it, and then everyone will hate each other by the end of it, I would imagine. Uh, no, it's a, it's a great idea, I, I, um, but I haven't done that yet. So maybe Actors I'll, are easy I'll targets, them. just so you know. You should get some of that answer Easy to money. read. Yeah. yeah you always know <laughs> what's going on. Anything else? Or, yeah, there's one more. Hi, my name's John. Hello, uh, John. Lovely to meet you, Dexter. You too. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, you've gone into directing now. Yeah. Uh, directors in the past that you've worked with, who's been the biggest influence on you? Um, that's a good question. I've been lucky enough to work with some really good ones. I, uh, uh, David Lynch, when I was a kid, made an impression. He was quite. He was. He was kind of peachy keen and mad. He said peachy keen a lot. I don't know why, but not that that's a directing <laughs> technique. But he. But he was very much someone who would see something. Uh, happening out on the street and go, let's grab that old man with his dog and put him in the film. And I kind of liked his sort of very immediate approach to things. But the other person I worked with uh, was Alan Parker, who, who was, uh, who's made some great films. And I've made a musical since, and hopefully we're making one next. And he's made a lot of great musicals. So people like Alan Parker, uh, David Lynch, I've been lucky enough. And I worked with a guy called Franklin Schaffner many years ago, and he directed the first Planet of the Apes. 
um, and and another film called Papillon, which is a fantastic yeah. film. Yeah, great one. And he was like this cool old dude. And uh, so I, I kind of, uh, yeah, would watch those guys. But the, the interesting thing is I made a couple of really bad horror films as well. And I eventually got to the point where I was like, fucking hell, I should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's... And that's when you really start, you know, it's, you know, it's like when you fucking make a bad play, you go, oh, that was really stupid. Hopefully you learn something from the bad as well as, as the good. That's, uh... Well, some of us learn nothing. Ever. <laughs> Speaking of learning nothing from something bad you do, I've got one of my trademark bad games for you, Dexter Fletcher. Now, uh, I've already mentioned at the top of the show how cool I think your name is, both the first and last name. So basically... Anything with the word like Dex or Fletch in it, I just think sounds cool. And I would give you some examples, but I don't want to ruin my game, which I'm calling Flex Your Detch. Now, it's not as complicated as it sounds. Basically, all the answers have either the Dex sound in it or the Fletch sound in it. Okay. Okay. And uh, you have a couple of lifelines. Yes. You can Hector a Hardigan. Okay. Or you can shout out a super fan. So okay, if you don't know cool. an answer, and once again, I'm making some donations to various tragedies that have happened around the world uh, for every question Dexter gets right. Are you ready? No. All right. Too bad. Question number one. Correct answer. One point. <laughs> Ten dollars. All right. Uh, a simple carbohydrate or sugar made from glucose and water. Dextrosol. Dextrose is correct. Dextrose. There you go. There you go. You said it. I'm going to cut off. Cut off. Yeah. yeah. I'll end it at the right answer. Thank you. Question number two. These were the places on U.S. Federation starships that you could live out virtual reality fantasies. <laughs> it's a Star Trek Is it a holodeck? Holodex is correct. I don't even know why I know that, but there you go. Because <laughs> you're not a giant nerd. Uh Question number three. Every week this woman was around a murder. She wrote about them. You might even say murder she wrote. Uh, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Fletcher, Fletcher, Fletcher is correct. Fletcher, sorry. Three for three. Thank God he's getting these. This would have been really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> the sequel to perhaps Chevy Chase's best movie, and oh. it's not Caddy Fletch 2. Wow. No. It's... Um, it's Fletch Lives. Fletch Lives is correct. Four for I was four. trying to think of something vaguely funny to say, but I, I didn't. <laughs> it's hard. I've already yeah, trashed yeah. the movie. Uh, being really good with your hands is often referred to as... A wanker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Ambidextrous. I'm going to give him a double point. We were looking for dexterity, but wanker works. <laughs> we'll take wanker. This <laughs> band was always rushing along a one-legged woman. That's right, they were, and they were, they, Dexy's been night runners. Dexy's been night runners, <laughs> because they're always saying, Come on, Eileen. Eileen. It's a slow burn, that one. <laughs> uh, and finally, I can't believe I'm getting all these. Last question, yes or no, have you ever looked up fletching on Urban Dictionary? I haven't, no. Don't. <laughs> Big round of applause for our Super Eats guest, Dexter Fletcher. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck. And of course, Dexter is going to be playing in the poker free roll as a bounty after the end of the show. Just one section to come. Ben, take it away. Superfan versus Stapes. <laughs> 
please welcome the real scuff, Joe Lipscomb, to the stage. Bring him up here. Let's go. So we already know who his daddy is and what does he do, but I think it's worth repeating. You are our first ever repeat superfan. Oh, wow. Well, ever. 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 Ever, ever. Wow, so it's me like like I'm like Vicky Corrin almost. Oh, like well, she won two. You haven't actually succeeded yet. That's Good true. You, did, you did win your first one, right? Uh, yeah, just I think. I don't yeah, it probably <laughs> sounds like I got shellacked. I have no yeah. recollection of this. Uh, and you are do what again? Sorry, what? What is your what is your profession? We like oh, to get um, to know this. He's super basically yeah. asking well, who is yeah, your daddy, daddy and what does he do? Yeah, yes. yeah. My, yes. my daddy is graphic design and also a little bit of sort of um, wording, spoken word, rapping type thing. Hence the weird, silly name. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But the thing is, your shirts are actually kind of popular. Like, yeah, they, they sell. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a clothing label for like sixteen years, and then the man took it over and don't you remember it. when 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 Scuff was on the show, Luca Vivaldi, one of our tournament staff, yeah. was like, "I can't believe you had Scuff on your podcast." Right. He was like, kind of like hero worshiping you. Yeah, but, I've seen a few people wearing it on Poker Stars and like frantically tweeted them. Because I just always assume when people say they do something that they're full of shit. I'm just <laughs> like, oh yeah, I know you design T-shirts, great. Like, how many did your mom buy? But him. <laughs> Um, uh, actually successful. What do you think is uh, in this envelope? The super fan question? <laughs> yes, correct. Know. Does that um, count as one right answer for me? Because I need the head start. Uh, so just to recap, you obviously <laughs> won your place in this competition by correctly identifying the vile red shirt <laughs> with aces up the sleeves, quad aces on the collars. And what does it say on the back, Joe? Hold them or fold them. Does it say on the back? Does it really say that on the back? Yes, it does. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I can confirm. That's what it says on the back. <laughs> Feels more like a foldum to me, and worn, put it in the closet. Worn during some of the worst sketches that we ever did. Yeah, no, those. Uh, <laughs> but hey, yours wasn't the shirt that needed blurring. So here we go. We have got um, ten questions. The subject. Wait, can we say that by the way? In the same group of sketches, I had bought James for Christmas an Archer T-shirt. And if you guys remember, Archer worked for a spy agency called ISIS. <laughs> So James's shirt had to be blurred for all those sketches because it looked like he was in favor of terrorism. <laughs> Take that, poker stars, fat cat. Um, can I ask something before we start? Of course um, you can. I'm, I'm essentially only in this for the all-in triangle. So can I get any like lifelines and giveaway gifts out of the bag for extra lifelines if I lose? I, I say like you, I can, I say you can give them away afterward to whoever you like, but let's keep All the right, competition fine. pure. I'm going to throw it anyway, don't worry. Uh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So 10 questions based on the first 99 episodes of this podcast. That'd be uh, awesome if someone was working on questions from this episode. Like, what happened a minute ago? Now, obviously, <laughs> it was my intention. It was my intention to uh, actually do these questions myself but I was too busy. So I forced our interns to go back and listen through 99 <laughs> episodes of this show to compile these questions. And Thank after you, the Robbie lawsuit has been filed, this will be the most expensive Superfan versus <laughs> Stapes ever. So you know how it works, Scuff. We have got 10 questions. Pick a number between 1 and 10. It's always coming. Jesus, it doesn't work when I do it, does it? So they did it. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I think yeah, they're yeah. expecting you to troll them because that's yeah. what I was expecting you to do. Oh, it's coming six. No, yeah. seven, please. <laughs> now, seven. Two points are available if you can get it without the multiple choice options. If you need okay. the choices, it goes down to one point. Uh, what did Joe send to a girl when she asked for a picture of his gaff? 
Wait, sorry, the girl asked for a picture of his gaff. Yes. And he mistook it for something. Possibly. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to ask for multiple choice. I can't remember. Okay, was it A, a picture of his house? <laughs> B, a topless picture? C, a picture of his dog? Or D, a dick pic? Okay, it's not his house, definitely. I don't think he's got... Uh, would it have been a... I'm going to go topless because I hope he didn't send a picture of his dick. He sent a dick pic. Ah, oh, shit. Definitely sent a dick pic. I didn't... I thought too much There's of you, like man. There's like 700 words for dick in English, English, and it turns out gaff just isn't one of them. Uh, I thought too much. Joe Stapleton, your first question, please. I'm going to go with question number nine. That's my lucky number. Question nine. At which live event was the first video version of this podcast recorded? <laughs> you want the options, don't when you? When was the last version of this video podcast? You want the recorded? options, yeah. don't you? Yeah, wait. Go on. Was it the EPT Grand Final, EPT Malta, EPT Prague, or the PCA? We wore costumes. And I think that the Christmas costumes was the second time we did it. I'm going to say EPT Malta. Correct. You yeah. said you were going to throw it, dude. You're trying. This isn't fair. I'm up by one fucking point. <laughs> there is a bonus attached. Maybe what two. was unusual about the media event featured during that episode? Dick pic. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a four-color deck involved. Yes, there was. Never Dude. again, Neil Johnson. Never, Never again. again. They're pretty. No, they're Skittles. <laughs> Scuff. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, or ten. One. Number one. <laughs> so I've given up already. Well, I have a really bad memory too. I've really crammed for the one we did before. This Remember, is you can you can bribe other members of the audience with prizes. Who is the first ever guest on the podcast? Episode one. Who is the guest? Does anyone know? Do you, do you actually know? You can have what prize are you offering him? Uh, anything other than the All-In Triangle. What do you want? Okay, cool. We got a water bottle right here. Tito Ortiz for two points. Do I, do I get a bonus? <laughs> there is a bonus. Tito made his second appearance on the podcast at which event? It was from this year. There's your clue. I, really? You know? Do you want anything in particular or just anything? <laughs> Stapes versus the everyone. The water bottle. Death had sold. Go on. It was not the PCA. It was Panama. Oh, oh boy. Okay, you owe me a water bottle. I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to be the one who gets embarrassed here. Show your next question, please. I would like... Is, question, is dropping a deuce available? The deuce is on the Give board. Give me the deuce. This is so weird to ask you a question about yourself. What did My favorite kind of question. <laughs> what did Joe not want to say within the first five minutes of episode one? I need the choices. <laughs> Was it A, anything poker related? B, the F-bomb? C, anything offensive? D, that he hates doing podcasts? It's either the F-bomb or hates doing... I'm going to go with the F-word. I didn't want to say the F-word. It was the F-bomb for one point, and Woo! there is a bonus question. What was wrong with me back then, huh? How many times was the F-bomb dropped during episode one? I was probably scared to do it. I'm going to say thrice. Four times. Ah! Ooh. Scuff, three, four, five, six, eight, or ten. 
Uh, I'm just going to go, yeah, um, three, please. Are we three, two? What are we? I think you're up by one point. Yeah? There no, you. Joe, you're up by one point. Joe, this Joe is up by one point. No, surely. Joe Stapleton is up three, two. <laughs> Is it John or Scuff or Joe? What is it? It's Scuff. We're going with Scuff because Scuff. otherwise we've got two Joes and I'll get confused. In episode 38, this Joe was trying not to be too loud. Why? Multiple choice options available. I thought I was a real fan of this. I don't remember anything. No um, one's a real fan. Uh, There's a free one. Yeah, multiple choice, please. Oh, hang on. Oh, no. Wait. What thinks Does he anyone want it for the water bottle? You've got to know. Do you actually know? You don't have to go with what he says. His roommate was sleeping. Oh in God! The same room. It was either the roommate was sleeping or there was someone in the next room. It was like in a cupboard. I'll take with either of those. Crucially, it was so he didn't get kicked out of the apartment Perfect. by his. Perfect. Thank you very much. I think we have to go with one point for phone of friends. But I still get the bonus. It's it's a two point question and he has two points. I'm playing for the whole room here, by the way. I'm not being <laughs> guilty. Joe, your question. Uh, question one has gone. Four, five, six, eight, or ten? I really am adamant about this. I would like question one. <laughs> Lowest number available is four. That's the one you're getting. What was the first episode where Stapes won? Superfan versus Stapes. Multiple choice options yeah, available. Obviously. Episode one, episode three, episode five, or episode nine? Episode three. No, it was episode one. Oh, wow. wow. Bonus, who was the superfan? Uh, the super fan in episode one. I'm so sorry, whoever it is, because you were probably awesome, but I don't fucking know. It was Rob the Hippie King, and you Rob. knew more about the EPT than he did. The Hippie King. Well, okay. Scuff, five, six, eight, or ten? Five, please. Question five. In episode 13, Joe tells a story which involves him being on his hands and knees in his parents' basement. What was he looking for? Again, can anyone remind me? I feel like if... It's the water bottle still up for grabs or anything you want <laughs> other than the all-in. You'll take the dealer button. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the dealer button. Was it the dead cat? It was the dead cat for two points. <laughs> dealer button, thank you. You'll have to remind me who got what because I've got really bad my, memory. My mom and her games. <laughs> um, there is a bonus point. Bring it. We're keeping it light. Where was the dead cat found? A again. <laughs> for the dealer button, again. <laughs> Uh, in the television. It was inside the back of an old TV. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like together we can beat Joe. Shouldn't be that hard. It suddenly turned into super fans versus tapes, but <laughs> yeah. we're fine with that. Fine. Joe, six, eight, or ten? I like six because it's nine upside down. How many guests have appeared on the show at least three times? Multiple choice options available. Get ahead. Four, five, six, or seven. So many more than I would have said if I had just guessed. <laughs> Four. Six. Oh, jeez. Well. If you can name four of them without naming someone who hasn't been a guest right. three times, I'll give you two points. We've had six people on three times? Yeah. Think of who's easy to get. All right, well, James has been on a bunch of times, so there's one. No, I'm not I've a guest, been on Joe. A bunch of, what? I'm, I'm a host. Uh, Moneymaker? Moneymaker is one of them. Does today's show count? It doesn't, right? So the no. first 99? Uh, Daniel? Yes. 
Two more. Uh, Fatima? No. Uh, the others were my head. Maria Ho, Jason Mercier, Jason Somerville, and Olivia Barry. Jason is like the worst guest for anything ever, and we've had him on three times. What the hell is happening? Hi. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, your final question, Scuff. The score, by the way, you are leading 6-3. Well, I should say uh, you, plural. Uh, yeah. you, you, plural. Thank you. I was really sweating it before that. Um, Eight or ten? Uh, I'll go uh, ten this time. What did Joe not want to stop Kevin Hart doing just before interviewing him? But is that public? Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, you can have the water bottle if you get this. Double or nothing on yeah. the water bottle. Do you want them to stop eating? I need you to be more specific. Stop eating... Cheetos. It's a group effort. You'd have to I share the water bottle. divide the water bottle in two. <laughs> One of you can have the cap. Uh, Joe, your final question. I you should wait, know right? this without taking the multiple choice yeah. options. What was the latest kind of sex dream that Joe Stapleton had about Liv Bury? It was a post-apocalyptic It was, which nightmare. means you score two points. Your final score is five points. But Scuff & Co. score eight points and Woo! are the winners of this anniversary edition of Super Fans vs. State. Nice. Thank you very much, Scuff. We'll sort the price out later on. The real Scuff. Guess what, the, you guys? You're probably going to be relieved because you look exhausted. That is almost all the time we've got for this episode of Poker in the Ears. Thank you to you guys, our audience. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our production team and the Hippodrome for having us. Please do not forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast in various forms. It's easy. It's just a click. You're already doing it anyway. Quick reminder of the password. Sunday's free roll. Hello, my babies. All one word. Lowercase. Coming up next time, more adventures in online poker as we talk about that very free roll and more adventures in live poker as we talk about the free roll starting right now. Until then, I am Joe Stapleton. He is James Hardigan. Smell you later. <laughs> <laughs>